All right. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Kuden Radio, the podcast for us, right? Martial artists, self-defense uh, practitioners, fans of Nijitsu, but not the Naruto stuff. Anyway, Fashi Han Miller here. And uh, so I apologize for, for those of you who are on live or checking in a little bit late here. Um, we had uh, some technical glitches. Right? signed into my service and... Uh, my podcast intro is gone, so um, hopefully uh, we'll be able to add that back in later. But anyway, so um, I don't know. This week I got to thinking about uh, <laughs> several things. Um, just between emails I get from folks or responses that I get when uh, someone asks, uh, how do I get from point A to point Z, right? I've been wanting to do this for a long time and, uh, you know, everything I've tried doesn't work, whatever, right? Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I've beaten the whole Sanmitsu idea to death, but here we are again, right? So, um, and while it may at first glance seem like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk down on this, uh, on the system, what I really started thinking about this week was, you know, with all of these lessons that are available, with all of these uh, frameworks and, and time tested kind of things. Right. Why is it that more folks aren't farther along toward where they want to be or why have so many? Uh, I don't know pulled up stakes, settled down, decided that, you know, whatever, right? Um, and I really had to think, sit and think about this because some folks have actually verbalized, right, that um, that woo-woo, sanmitsu, triple secret shit just doesn't work, right? I've tried it. Right. It doesn't work. And then, you know, whenever I hear the word try, right, I think about uh, my mentors and my mentors are always talking about uh, focusing on the long game. Right. Because massive change doesn't happen overnight. It looks like it happens overnight. Right. We see folks that, uh, you know, became an overnight uh, music success or they came out in their first movie and they're suddenly a success. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old. So uh, I'm old school when it comes to music. Right. And uh, one of the musicians uh, or one of the bands that I remember, and this is from the eighties. So I don't know where you were in the eighties, but um, one of the songs uh, specifically was in uh the movie Back to the Future, right? But the group, Huey Lewis and the News, right? Um, like, he was middle-aged, right? And it just seemed like he just hit the charts and boom, right? But no one had any idea, right, that I think, if I have the numbers right, um, he had been struggling, right, for, like, two decades, before he became a quote unquote overnight success. Well, how does that happen? Right? Because, you know, there, there's lots of people who want to be, 
we have a, a joke in the uh at the entrepreneurial world right people that that start businesses and, and do things and stuff right that um there there's more uh entrepreneurs than there are entrepreneurs right they want to be but for whatever reason they stop stop themselves a lot and quickly and often so um you know, this episode, I really wanted to take a look at um, this Sanmitsu uh, concept from kind of a backwards direction. Okay, uh, it's kind of like a book that I wrote for parents uh, a while ago. That um, you know, I, I just I got tired of teaching the same lessons the same way about child safety, stranger danger whatever and having parents just nod oh yeah i know that i know that i know that well you know what (laughs) so did all the parents whose kids have been abducted or murdered or slipped into drug use or whatever they all taught their kids the stranger danger rules too they all taught their kids safety rules too okay um so that that's you know I know it's a it's a safe, confident, almost almost not, not condescending. What would be a good word? Um, smug, right? Oh yeah, I know that, right? Um, James and I, I talk about this on a regular. Well, me and a lot of my staff and senior instructors talk about this, where um, we'll be talking about um, uh, safety when it comes to self defense, and people go, "Well, duh, everybody knows that." Yeah, and everybody violates the rules all the fucking time. So if it's that well known, then why isn't it that properly applied? Don't know. Okay. Um, Well, maybe I do. But anyway, so I wrote this book for parents um, that is called The Ten Stupid Things That Parents Do to Put Their uh, Children in Danger Without Even Knowing It. We're not talking about child safety today, so for those who are clicking off and whatnot, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> anyway, um, but what I did was I wrote it backwards, and, and I don't mean from from end to beginning. What I mean is um, I, I wrote it from the perspective of do these things if you want your child to be injured, abducted, whatever, if you want them to be not safe, because that woke people up right so um what i thought i'd do with this one is talk about all the reasons why uh the sanmitsu doesn't work when it doesn't work okay so uh i'm here to tell you that it does right hasumi sensei uh i a bunch of my peers are walking talking examples of this but um you know, what gets in the way, right? Well, we'll, we'll kind of start with it, but there's, there's some things that I think are really, really important for people to understand when it comes to uh, goal attainment, learning new skills, and whatnot. Um, James and I were were uh, in a in a strategy meeting this morning, and we were planning some stuff out. And 
doing a little bit of light research and, and um, uh, came upon this, this one training. It's a new training that's out um, from a mentor. And at one point, I'm going to share uh, this, this thing today, right? Because it's, it's, it's not just in the martial arts. It's not just in entrepreneurship or whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a well-known uh, framework, right? For competency. And uh, the mentor is going through this thing and James and I look at each other and we just start to chuckle because it's the same skill development for martial arts skills. Right. So uh, and, and, you know, when, we, when we're talking about Sanmitsu, we're not just talking about you know life skills or or becoming financially successful or stable or whatever. Right. I mean, it, it's it's right there when we're trying to learn. Um, learn this art or learn self-defense or it's, it's in everything. Right. Um, I remember, and I think it's in a book called, uh, is it Grandmaster's book of ninja training? Is that the one that he co-wrote with, uh, Stephen and Rumiko Hayes? Cause the other one, um, there's the Grandmaster's book of ninja training and there's secrets from the grand. No, maybe it's secrets from the grandmaster. That's, that's the one. So anyway, they're having this conversation about the number of people that, uh, you know, they quit and then they say, well, you know, I tried. Right. And uh, I think uh, Sensei Hayes had asked Hatsumi Sensei, um, you know, at what point, right, is, you know, should somebody really look to maybe do something else if, um, you know, things aren't working for them? And Soke said, well, you know, I mean, th- this is tough, right? Learning any new skill is, is difficult. Most people think that their, their, uh, their situation or they are unique. And what I've learned in my life is that the more unique somebody thinks they are, the more unique they think their situation is, the more average they and their situation actually is, right? Because everybody's thinking the same thing, right? But this is tough for everybody. Right. Nobody's nobody. It's kind of like life. Right. Nobody gets out alive. Right. No, nobody gets away from the difficulty. And if one lesson's not difficult, don't just give it a minute. Another one will come along. Right. Punch you right in the throat. Right. And then make you second guess yourself and, and all that wonderful stuff. But anyway, Soke says, um, you know, if if you're really working at this stuff and, you know, you've you've uh, you've. Uh, been trying to get it right for 10 years and you still can't get it right, then uh, maybe, then maybe consider doing something else. Okay. 10 years, right? 10 years. Shit. Some people can't wait an extra two minutes because the line's too long between window one and window two at the goddamn drive up. Right. I mean, 10 years. Holy shit. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, long game. Right. Um, there, there's lots of ways to get rank easier. Right. Um, for a lot of folks, they're just going to pick the um, the uh, the avenue that is just going to get them the rank. Right. Or the next belt or the next belt. Right. We We can assume or we can. Um, just not, you know, 
just not do certain things, right? So that nobody ever finds out how much is actually behind uh, the level or whatever, right? Um, there's even a book, uh, for those of you, for the guys that are uh, studying Mikio, um, you've heard me reference this, so you'll have to pardon the, the brief little sidebar here so I can get everybody else caught up. But um, in that realm, right, there's a, there's a book, uh, it's just simply titled Buddhism by a guy named Christmas Humphreys, who was written early in the 20th century. And um, he noted that even in religion, Right. Human beings do this where if one path is really, really difficult. Right. Give a, give human beings long enough and they'll figure out how to come up with uh, systems or new denominations, new sects, new whatever that just make it easier. Right. We're going to make it so that uh, somebody else uh, does the work or whatever, um, for instance. Right. Um, in the origins of Buddhism. Right. Um, there is not a deity. There is not a God uh, replacement for, uh, and this is often a problem uh, where Christians or in the Judeo-Christian uh, systems, right? They they think that you know if you're if you're studying Buddhism that you're trying to trade out one God for another or whatever. It's just not the way it is, right? Well, at least it wasn't way back in the day, because <clears throat> it was a matter. It was like applying what today we would call the scientific process to your life, to yourself, right? To your, um, to the different aspects, right? Of mindfulness uh, to yourself, right? To the idea of karma and how things uh, are coming to being or coming to place or coming to fruition uh, using the law of cause and effect and, and that kind of stuff, right? Did that mean that there was no God? And no, it, it, what the Buddha said was, um, until you can relieve your own suffering and stop doing the stuff that causes that stuff of your own accord, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now, does that mean that you have to accept that it didn't? No, you can do whatever you want, right? But that's the point, right? If whatever I want to do is producing crap, um, the first thing I need to do is stop blaming everybody else, right? And then look to see, actually, right, is it somebody else or is it me, um, which is what nobody ever wants to. Anyway, so <clears throat> but it was all about personal responsibility, right, and accountability to no one but yourself, right? But over time, these different ways of doing it were, were you know, were developed where the next thing you know, right, Buddha is now this cosmic something, right? That you're going to, uh, you're going to pray to, to get what you want so that you don't have to work for it, right? Uh, who can relieve you of all of your negative impediments so that you don't have to do it, right? You don't have to work through those kind of things, all kinds of things, right? Um, but give them enough time, right? So anyway, um, and again, this is no statement about religion or anything like that. It's just this developmental kind of thing. Um, martial arts, same thing, right? Martial arts started off being a, um, you know, training for war. I mean, that's what martial means, right? Martial means warfare, right? So, um, and now you've got, you know, I don't know, karate ballet. You've got all kinds of wild, crazy kind of things, right? Um, 
I've seen fitness classes. I've even done them in our in our fitness classes where I hand people Boken, uh, and we're doing that for muscle toning and things. But I never write it off as you're learning how to use a sword, right? Here's this thing that is interesting, and here's how we would move it, and here's what it does with uh, toning or flexibility or whatever, right? But anyway, so, um, but what is it? What's getting in the way, right? Um, one of the things that I think and that, that I've been alluding to here that gets in the way is it looks simple, right? It's thought, word, and deed, right? Hold the vision of what you want. Speak this, you know, uh, communicate in a certain way or write it out, write out your plan, and then work the plan and ta-da, right? Um, suddenly you'll get what you, what you want, right? Sounds conspicuously like the law of attraction, right? What most people don't understand is that the law of attraction, as it's been passed out, right, um, is the first step in a 13-step process that was laid out by Andrew Carnegie and Napoleon Hill and a bunch of these guys in the very early 20th century, um, because they went from dirt poor to extremely wealthy. And then it was documented and it was called the science of success. Right. But this law of attraction was like step one, which is really getting yourself out of the way and controlling your own thoughts. Okay. But it, it just seems simple. Right. So, and if it's simple, you know, I mean, if it's, if that's all I have to do. Awesome. Right. So I'll just do this. Right. Um, but then things don't materialize. Well, why don't they materialize? Well, um, well, there's lots of reasons, right? Um, there could be uh, problems with the level of intent. There could be problems with uh, the vision or the, the, you know, how we're seeing this goal in our mind um, and how clear that is. Or is it vague? Right. Um, it could be that we're deluded. Right. I know none of us would be because we're all enlightened, but we could be deluded. And what that means is we don't know how things work or we don't understand um, how things go together. Right. So what ends up happening is we want things to be a way they can't be, or at least now. Right. Because. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we're missing. We don't know what we need. Um, or we want to avoid things that can't be avoided. Like, you know, I want it now. Well, you're missing like four different, four different skills and you don't know anything about this thing over here. So how do you produce something? How do you produce a goal when there's a bunch that you don't know? Okay. Uh, there could be a problem with the, the word part, right? Which is actually, the way we think about it, the way we plan, uh, the way we communicate, right? So we're going to take a, take a look at one of those things um, uh, during this episode where uh, it doesn't matter if we're, we're speaking the words to ourselves in our head or we're saying it out loud, right? The way we say it, right? Language is very, very nuanced. And what I mean by that is, and again, the, the, De- depending on the study that you um, 
that you, you look at or that you see or hear or whatever, the numbers are going to be a little skewed. I'm just borrowing one that, that I've heard and it's just easy off the top of my head, right? So when it comes to human beings communicating with other human beings, right? Um, 55%, give or take again, right? 55% is body language. Okay? Everything from gross body things like arm movement, hand gestures, whatever, to facial expressions, overt micro expressions, head tilt, those kind of things, right? 30%, again, give or take, right? Is tone, inflection, rhythm, uh, we might call it accent, right? Where's the lift? Where's the drop? That kind of thing, right? Um, and again, we'll, we'll get to that here, uh, shortly, but, um, and then like only 15%. And I've seen studies that, that say it's, uh, only around seven or 8%. But either way, right? Only 15% of that total hundred has anything to do with the words that we use, right? So, so much for being, you know, I'm a stickler for specific, right? Say, use the words that you mean, right? Yeah, okay. But there's lots of, again, nuances, right? If I hold my body in a certain posture and tilt my head one way or the other or lift my chin or drop my chin and look out from under my uh, my brow or whatever, right? I can use the same words, okay? So in this context, I don't know. Is the problem because of the way we're telling ourselves? Is the problem because of the way we're explaining to other people? Is the problem the people we're sharing it with and the feedback that we get? And since we need their validation, then we're going to keep going or not based on their approval. Right. Um, now, talk about this approval a little bit here before I get back on track with the rest of it. Um, <clears throat> I. Uh, I was just uh, listening to a, a news source today and they were talking about a report that came out from this person in uh, the CIA, right? Or U S right. Uh, Central intelligence agency about how they're using news sources and including social media and how the algorithms actually work with this as well to uh, steer people's thinking in a very specific direction. Okay. But allow you to believe that you have free will. Okay. Lots of people don't like to believe that kind of stuff, you know, cause uh, well, that's conspiracy theory and you've got no proof. Um, but they're actually holding a report. Okay. And what I saw was an interviewer specifically asking this person who wrote the report, right? Seriously, you're doing all this stuff, right? And the person said, the, the, the person within the, you know, in the three letter agency said, I never said that. And they're like, it's right here. Right. It's got your name on it. It's uh, no. So there's always this, you know, plausible deniability. So anyway. Right. Um, which is even more important for us to be critical thinkers. Uh, but anyway. Uh, how much are we being steered by? Right. The beliefs of others, our social group. Right. James and I laugh all the time because we were. James is in the background at the moment, but we there, there was something we were doing today 
I can't remember if it was actually in class or if it was something else because we we spent the entire day working on the dojo or then we did a class and then whatever. Um, where just out of out of nowhere, the statement came out and then we just laughed and said, "Show me your five closest friends." And do you remember what that was? Remember what what we were talking about? I know you remember the comment, but what what came up? I think it was something about a part of a comedian skit you said about something to do with wolf urine. Oh, okay. So it was a comedy thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, I know a guy, right? (laughs) So yeah, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you one, your future and two, the fact that you're the average uh, of that group. So, um, which is again, what, what's your social group? Okay. Uh, in Mikyo, we have this, uh, concept of the, uh, of the ideal. The, uh, these are the three keys for success, right? We have it in our, in our dojo student creed. I believe in myself. I believe in what I study and I believe in my teachers. And in, uh, in Mikyo, that's the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And Buddha is this idea of being awake. It's the ideal, right? Uh, not, not this faith-based thing, you know, Buddha's a replacement for Christ or whatever. Okay. But there's this ideal, there's this, this innate enlightened nature, right? That we're trying to bring out. We're trying to uncover that kind of thing. Right. And then the Dharma, or the Dharma represents the teachings. Um, I, I believe in the program that I'm studying that it's, it's going to get me from point A to point Z. Right. And I believe in both my seniors, right, the teachers who are helping me, uh, you know, teaching me the lessons, my seniors who are helping me learn and pointing things out and whatnot, and the community of fellow practitioners, right, that we're all working together for not only our own benefit, but for the benefit of the whole group, right? So even that, right, this 2,500-plus-year-old model points to the need for belief in the ideal, belief in your ability to become that which you want to become, right? That the belief in the program that you're following, whether you created it or whether you borrowed it, and the need for a support group of like-minded people that are there to not just nurture you, and tell you how right you are whenever you have a certain feeling, but to kick in the ass when you need it, to point in the right direction, that they're there for your your uh, best interest, not just to tell you whatever you want so that you don't have a meltdown or so because they don't like to deal with conflict, right? Um, because if we don't have one or more of those things, we're going to quit or we're going to fail. And quitting is failing. It's just self-induced failure, right? So it's a 2,500-plus-year-old model that just keeps bearing itself out over and over and over again, right? Anyway, so um, let's get back to this thing, right? So uh, what could be off, right? The the plan, right? The, 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 the plan that I laid out to get from point A to point Z, right? Is it missing key pieces? Or do I have all the pieces there, but I'm just not keen on certain ones because I don't like doing that. Well, nobody ever said you had to like it. It's either necessary or it's not. If it's not necessary, then you wasted your time putting it on the plan. If it is necessary, then 
Okay, this is this is not about doing what we want. We're where we are right now because we've done what we wanted. Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Right. Um, and the other thing too with word with with this kind of thing is um, the other thing that can throw people off is they pick and choose teachers or they'll go to friends for advice or they'll uh you know they'll try to learn lessons from people that are not living or producing the kind of results that they want to have right they'll ask a friend for advice who has never had the problems that they're dealing with here's what i did man what do you think well, what do you think your friend's going to say oh yeah man yeah way to go because most friends, right? I'm in your corner, man. I'm loyal, right? Thick or thin, right? Okay. No, really, really good friends will slap you around and tell you when you screwed up. And everybody needs at least one of those people in, your, in their lives. But we don't. Ego, ego steers around those people. Okay. Um, and then right action, right? That's the, the, the deed, right? The doing. Okay. What gets in the way there? Well, half-ass work the plan. Um, it's too difficult. It's you know, whatever, right? So there's lots of places that people can get tripped up. So let's go back through those, um, one more time because I, I threw a couple of little things in here. Um, and there's some things I want to cover a little bit more deeply. And then, uh, I, I want to take care, uh, take a look at this, this thing that I really think that, that most people are missing, right? And once you look at it in from the context of the martial arts, then for those of you who have done it, that have gone through the path, right, and you're at more of these levels than not, right, um, I think you'll recognize where, you know, if you can do it in one realm, you can do it in others, okay? So... Let me just get back here in my notes here. All right. So, um, again, let's let's go back to thought, which is really in Mikio. We're not talking about the thoughts that you think. Right. Because for most people, they're in you know, they're in words or they're in pictures or whatever. OK. So while that kind of thought is in, if it's word type, if you're talking to yourself, inner narrative, inner, inner dialogue, then that's under word. That's that's in a different place. But thought actually begins with intention and in actually in the Sanmitsu. Right. There's there. This is a condensation. Right. It's a it's a it's shorthand for eight conditioners of our life, eight conditioners about of the way we go about doing things. So thought includes everything from uh, your viewpoint or perspective on a given thing. Right. Your belief. Okay, And that could be on yourself. It could be on. The goal, whether it's actually worthy enough or whether, you know, it's you're biting off more than you can chew, at least at the moment. Right. Um, people get all like weirded because they set out to build the Taj Mahal or something like that. Right. Some, you know, giant medieval castle like goal. Um, and then they, you know, they freak out when it's taken too long. Well, shit, you're building a castle, for God's sake, right? It's not like throwing a couple of Legos together, right? Hey, look, I made a wall, 
Okay, great, <laughs> fantastic. Make a couple more walls, you'll be closer. Okay, um, <laughs> so you know what? The, what are the beliefs about expectations? All, all those kind of things, right? Um, but it's it's also um, the way you think. It's also the quality of the thoughts, right? Um, all kinds of things, right? And um, it, it also includes um, mindfulness, right? Focus. What do you pay attention to? Are you paying attention to the right things consistently enough? Okay. And it in, uh, includes um, your ability well, I said focus with the other one, but mindfulness, right? What are you paying attention to? And then focus or concentration is what's the depth, right? Or how long can you hold that focus or concentration on that thing that needs to be, that needs to be done? Or are we easily bored? Are we, uh, you know, we, uh, I don't know, we're easily distracted, whatever. Okay. Um, right word or not right word, just word, um, has to do with, uh, again, speech, quality of speech, inner dialogue. Um, uh, it also has to do with, um, livelihood. I don't necessarily mean just our job, right? Who we live around, right? The, the how we've set up our lives, who we let in, to what degree, how we communicate, right? Um, clarity, all those kind of things, right? Um, and then there's uh, deed, right? Which has includes everything from right action to right effort, right? Are we are we have a certain, we have a, a finite amount of energy in any given day, right? Where are we spending it? Right? Does it go to priorities or does it go to distractions, right? Or are we sitting around or lying around and letting the energy drain out? Okay. So one thing I learned in Mikio is that there's two places, two points on your body that you can bleed off energy very, very quickly. Right. One is the one I use every time we do a kuden, right? People wonder if I don't ever shut up. Yeah, when I'm done, my, my wife often feels like she has to pry answers or whatever out of me because I teach for a living. I get tired of the sound of my own voice. Okay. But, um, if we're just, j everything's just scattered, right? We're, we're just blah, 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 blah. Right. And the other one is on your base chakra, you know, tailbone, ass, right? The more you sit, the more you settle. Okay. And that could be lying down as well. Okay. Uh, people are often surprised that, you know, man, I, I tried to catch up on my sleep. I get all this sleep. I don't understand why I'm always tired. Because you sleep too damn much. Huh? Your body can't get geared up. Huh? It's not resting. It's in a perpetual state of rest. Huh? In the ninja's arts, the Junen Taiso body conditioning exercises are there to counter the body's natural tendency to come to rest. Interesting, huh? Right. So, uh, but there's, there's all these little things, right? Um, but right effort is, are we trying to add 
more positive, right? That could be skills, that could be energy, that could be uh, attention, that could be resources, whatever, right? The things that we need to produce the things we say we want. Are we trying to Im- increase the positive, right? Get more of things we already have or develop them to a greater degree, right? Are we trying to minimize and or eliminate limitations, inhibitors, energy vampires, time suckers, whatever, right? Um, and if we can't eliminate it, can we minimize it, right? Because these are the anchors. These are the things that get in the way. And are we actively mindful of and trying to avoid those things that we can't let creep into our lives, right? Whether they're bad habits or bad influences or the wrong people or whatever, okay? Um, all, all four of those things fall under right effort, okay? And right livelihood is there as well. So right livelihood shows up on uh, in two places, okay? But again, it's not about um, just work. But in this case, what do you do to uh, trade your time and expertise for certain types of resources that you will need to produce your goals? Or are we playing six-year-old, you know, believer in baby magic, wish hard enough or wish hard enough or, or uh, believe hard enough in the uh, in the law of attraction or whatever, and then things will just magically appear, right? So anyway, um, so with thought and intention, remember I said I was going to do this kind of backwards, right? So with thought and intention errors, right, um, we can be too vague. We can uh, have basically a bullshit uh, perspective on things, right? We're either trying to bullshit ourselves or um, whatever. And, and the, the quickest way to look at that is, right, I'm doing these things. I believe these things to be true. I believe that this is the way things work. And I believe that what I'm looking at is is clear, right? I'm, I'm clear on those things. I understand it. And I'm acting in accordance with those things. Okay, great. Except life is a litmus test. It's a mirror. Okay. So if our, if our viewpoint, if our perspective, if our beliefs are correct, then whatever we're acting on should produce the results that we're looking for. If not, then something's wrong. Okay. And before we go blaming everybody else, let's check ourselves on our own BS. Okay. Um, BS isn't just bullshit. Okay. BS is belief system. Okay. Uh, again, diluted thinking. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I had somebody, I think I mentioned them, uh, in a previous episode, uh, contacted me, wanted to train and all that kind of stuff. And then very quickly I realized that this person needs some help, right? But they don't believe in, uh, uh, going to, uh, mental health people, even though they have mental health issues, they don't believe in taking, uh, mental health medications and it shows. Okay. Um, so, um, this person wants to learn things from people, but they already believe that they know everything. Okay. And they're not just a yogi. They're the king of the yogis. Right. And I don't mean Yogi Bear. Right. For those of you old enough to know who Yogi Bear was. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, these, these guys that comment on, uh, martial arts videos or self-defense videos that are online, right? Because they already know 
everything. They, they can kill all the bad guys, uh, whatever. Okay. These kind of things, right? No, I'm, I'm going to give the ones with actual mental health issues benefit of the doubt, right? It doesn't mean that I take my attention off of them because they're not as easily, uh, uh, you can't plan as easily around them because of their erratic, chaotic nature. Okay. But, um, this, for, for everybody else, this kind of, I already know, right? Um, it, it covers for a type of laziness. Okay. Covers for a laziness in thinking or planning or doing, right? The work. In whatever form, right? It just, right? And th- this is a huge thing. And I, I, I don't discount the fact that um, most folks who quit, or at least a, a decent number, I mean, 60% or better, I'm thinking more like 70% or better, that quit, it's just too much damn work. It's too much hard work. Okay. Um, but, Either way, right? In 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 the the word part of the San Me Too, right? Um, again, I, I already talked about this, right? The the nuanced speaking kind of thing, right? Um, and how people can use things, how we can use the wrong cadence, the wrong communication, whatever, when we're communicating with ourselves or somebody else. Okay, here's an example. Okay, um, because I when when I'm training people at the dojo to answer the phone, to answer questions, to communicate certain things, right? Um, we have scripts, okay, because we need to lead someone from having a question about something to being able to understand the answer. And I'm not, this, is not, this is not about talking down to them. It's not confusing them along the way not haphazardly asking questions in different orders or they ask a question and then I just answer the question and then the phone calls over. Okay. An example of that is um, uh, when people call to inquire about classes. Okay. 90% of people start off with one of two questions. Okay. One is, um, do you do, and then fill in the blank with whatever martial art, right? Do you do MMA? Do you do karate? Do you do Taekwondo? Do you do, okay? Trust me, most people don't ask if we do need you to, okay? They either ask that or they ask how much your classes? How much it cost, okay? Now, do I believe that they don't want the answer to those questions? No, not necessarily. But I have found that most people default to those two because they seem the most obvious. But in all honesty, they don't know what to ask because most people have never done this before and have only maybe did a little bit of research or their brother's cousin's college roommate's uncle did something and said that was best or whatever. And that's what got stuck. Right. Um, we, we've talked about this in previous episodes. That's called anchoring bias, right? It's a psychological uh, uh, conscious bias 
or a unconscious bias kind of thing, right? So anchoring bias is you get stuck on the first thing that you learn about something, and then it becomes a huge limitation in actually learning what's really real about that thing. Okay. Whether it's a person, uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. So I have to understand whether or not that's actually a big thing. Because if somebody asks me how much things cost, one of the first assumptions or conscious level bias things that, that a lot of martial arts instructors believe is that um, they're only worried about money. Okay. Or they have no money or whatever. Okay. And then if the martial arts instructor or the school owner who's running the school um, isn't minding the store. And what I mean by that is um, they're not real clear about what their break-even expenses are for any given month or year. Okay. Um, they're not going to be helping many people for very long. Right? We had, a, we had a, how many dojo or academies um, just in the past five years have opened and closed around us, James. Yeah. So, um, but uh, one of them did a martial art slash meditation slash tea room kind of thing. Right. So um, I don't even think they lasted nine months. Okay. Um, but we always get blamed because we're, we're somehow stealing all the students and whatever. But um, I survived COVID. I survived. Uh, and I don't mean personally, I mean, the dojo did and we were shut down for a bunch and we lost 75% of our active students. So I'm not sure how I stole a whole bunch of students when a whole bunch of students went the way of the dodo. Right. Uh, but I have to ask what are known as locator questions. Okay. And one of the first things I do is I steer around those two questions by saying, well, let me just get some information first. Um, are these classes for you or for someone else? Because I need to know if I'm talking to a parent who has, a, uh, you know, has a need for a child, right? Uh, or if it's an adult who's calling for somebody else, this happens a lot, right? Um, you know, the husband's at work, so ask the wife to call or, Grandma's calling for the grandkids because mom's at work or whatever, right? Um, there's just questions I need to ask. And what sounds like objections can be handled appropriately and appropriately. So here's, here's, here's what I mean by the nuances. I don't want to keep diving into that. But what I will say is what I'm about to cover is equally true, okay? And this is a skill set, right? Being mindful of how you say what you say. And I can already, across the cyber void, feel and hear the creaking of eye muscles as people are rolling their eyes or whatever. Man, people keep telling me, you know, if you said it a different way, we'd, well, okay, but I don't know your context. But I'm here to tell you that you can say the same sentence, the same string of words. What do I, I'm, I'm going to give you six examples today. Okay. It's the same string. And whether we like it or not, the way I say them, they're all going to mean something completely different. Okay. So 
it's one thing if we're having miscommunications with other people. It's something completely different and all the more important, critical, imperative, whatever, if we're doing this to ourselves. Okay. Right. Um, we'll talk, well, I'll, I was going to mention something about uh, positive affirmations, but I'll, I'll hopefully I'll remember to, to say it afterwards. And if not, James, bring me back to the positive affirmation thing with uh, with this nuanced uh, thing. Anyway, so here's the sentence. Right. I didn't say he hit his wife. Okay. Hear how flat blank that is. I didn't say he hit his wife. Okay. It's just a it's just a string of words. Okay. Now I'm going to say it a couple of different ways. Okay. I didn't say he hit his wife. What did I just say? I didn't say that. Yes. Okay. Here's another one. I didn't say he hit his wife. Okay. What does that mean? I didn't explicitly use those words. Okay. I didn't say he hit his wife. Okay. Hear the uptick. Hear the hear the inflection. The raise in the octave. Okay. Um, how about I didn't say he hit his wife. Okay. I didn't say he hit his wife. What did I just say? Hit somebody. Hit somebody's wife. Just wasn't his. Okay. How about, I didn't say he hit his wife. What did I just say? He didn't hit his wife, but he hit somebody else. Maybe his kid, his mom, his sister, whatever. I didn't say he hit his wife. Right? So, if I just took a string of uh, one, two, three, four, five words and said it, six different ways and each of those ways communicated something different. Okay. Cause we know, we know what it is. So affirmations, right? I have a list of affirmations. Um, and people often, you, you know, write them out. They're, they're going through personal development stuff. So they write up affirmations and they know they're supposed to say them once a day or whatever. Okay. Well, one, if you just read them, okay, it's not the same as hearing it spoken. Two, if you race through it, you're not getting the nuances, right? It all bleeds together. It's just a jumble of words, right? It's not until we take the time to read and or say the affirmations in a way that is either commanding or acknowledgement of something being present tense or whatever, that it makes a difference because our subconscious is always listening. Ego is always listening. And before you worry about convincing anybody else of anything, if you don't believe it's true, well, then what the hell? Um, Was it, Two weeks ago, James, that, that I did the Whiteboard Wednesday on projecting intention, or was that maybe three or whatever, a couple of weeks ago, I did one on projecting intent. 
and then we did a Friday virtual class on that projecting intent. And one of the things that was an important element in projecting intent is you have to believe that you're going to do this thing, right? Even if you pull it short and you do a faint, right? I don't mean like, you know, droop over faint, uh, pass out kind of thing. I mean, psych out, whatever. Um, in my mind, right? I'm saying like, if I'm, if I'm coming in with a knife hand, um, I'm envisioning that knife hand being a short sword and I'm going to lop off whatever body part I'm hitting with it. Okay. So even if I don't throw it, even if I don't hit him with it, okay, I believe I'm going to, okay? Because if I believe that I'm going to psych him out, it's not going to come across the same way, okay? It's 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 just not. And that's not going to convince anybody who's either, um, you know, too tough and doesn't give a shit if you hit them because they're going to kill you, or... Um, well, lots of other reasons, right? I mean, they're, they're tired. They weren't paying attention to that moment, whatever. Okay. So anyway, that, so there's that little nuance thing, right? With, with right, um, or not right, just, just word, right? Speech, how we're communicating. Okay. Um, but also if we're telling people that they don't give a shit, we're telling people that, well, let's be honest. They have a history with us. And all they hear from us is, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but we don't, okay? Then we can't be surprised when they roll their eyes or they pat us on the shoulder and go, oh, good luck with that, right? Or they don't, for whatever reason, they'll take it seriously, okay? Um, so anyway, and then the right action, um, people, again, they, there's lots of, lots of things w- with this, right? And one of the things I've found with, um, with super achievers is that the timeline between when they make a decision and they actually begin acting on that decision is really, really short, right? They don't wait a day, 48 hours, 72 hours, 15 weeks, whatever. Right? And I'm guilty of this one myself. Okay. Um, but things that can get in the way, right? They don't act quickly to start getting not only results, but the data and information they're going to need to be able to steer and navigate, right? Um, they don't act quickly to work on things or they, I'm sorry, they, they work on things out of order, right? Like I need to get this knowledge and this skill set before I can implement that thing over there. Okay. Um, an example would be at the Academy. Okay. Um, what I had to learn along the way was that I had to have my enrollment procedure ready and in place and know how I was going to discuss things with people and be able to answer certain questions, uh, you know, handle, I don't, I don't believe in handling objections because I think that whatever information I put out should already handle those things. James, would you agree? I mean, most people that contact me to jump into the platinum program or whatever, um, the, the pre enrollment, whether it's a zoom thing because we're doing online stuff or it's at the academy, um, most people are already 99.9% sure that they're going to do it. They're just making sure that nothing popped up that they didn't know about that 
would be a game changer, right? So, but I had to have that stuff in place before I put up flyers or whatever I was going to do to get the phone ringing because nothing instills confidence in people who want to be more confident and disciplined and want to be able to learn from somebody who has their stuff together than hearing, um, well, um, see, well, the program is kind of like, and, um, well, um, well, here's what we do in class. And, um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like you got your shit together. That's yeah. I want to learn from you. Awesome. Okay. Hopefully you're not charging more than $5 a class because that's not what it's not worth much more than that until I figure out whether it's, you know, whatever. Okay. So there's an order that maybe things need to be done in, right? Well, I won't know that until I actually start doing, right? Um, so, or they'll work on things only based on their comfort zone, okay? Well, if we're looking to change, if we're looking to grow, I guarantee you three things. One, it's going to take more effort and energy and resources than you currently think you're going to need. Two, it's going to take more time than you think it's going to need. And three, it's going to be more painful than you think that it should be because growth change is painful mentally, emotionally, physically, right? It's tiring. It's draining. I'm fucking exhausted at the end of days. Okay. Um, but where most people stop because they're tired or they're confused or they're frustrated. Yeah, you're right. Okay. But it's part of the process. Why am I drained? Because I've got to learn this other stuff and do this other stuff while maintaining the stuff I'm currently doing. Right. And it's requiring more effort and energy, but that's the way it works. Right. If, uh, well, we just use the, uh, an analogy of a car. If you drive, right, if you're stopped at a red light or at a stop sign, okay, it takes a lot of energy to get that car moving, right, and a whole lot less once you get it going. Or if you ride a bike, think about how much pressure you need to push on the pedals to get it going. And then, you know, there's these micro adjustments to keep your balance because at slow speeds, you stand a much better chance of falling over than you do once you get moving. And once you get moving, right, you don't need to pedal as hard. You don't need to steer as much, whatever, right? So it's that same idea. It always takes more in the beginning than it does once you get going, okay? And, man, wouldn't it be great if everything was downhill, okay? Except if everything was downhill, pretty soon there's going to be a sudden stop, but anyway right so that's just the way it works okay uh what else comfort zone um they don't make any course corrections right because they assume that they've got it all planned out and therefore right um they give up at the first obstacle or setback or failure or whatever okay because well you know if it was meant to be that wouldn't have popped up or the powers that be power that be whatever would have swept that aside for me or whatever because i assume that i am one of the chosen ones that i am special you're special if you keep going because most won't if you want what most 
don't have, you're going to have to do what most won't do. Because there's a reason. Right? So, again, this is where people get tripped up. Right? They quit too soon. And we just mentioned a whole bunch of reasons why they could quit. Right? Frustration, difficulty, confusion, whatever. Right? Whatever gets in the way. And they just, they just stop. Okay? But I, I, I can't keep alluding to this thing that, that I think people need to understand. Right. And if you've been in the martial arts for a while, you've been doing self-defense, you, you've developed any skill set, uh, you went to school and learned a subject. Okay? You uh, were taught something by an uncle, grandfather, dad, mom, whatever. Right. Um, in the beginning, things were really, really tough because. You had to get your head wrapped around it. Okay, But this thing. Right. Uh, is called the hierarchy of competence. Okay? And it's normally depicted as a pyramid. That's really wide in the bottom because that's there's all this stuff that has to be done, right? There's all this stuff going on that you don't even know about, right? Often I, I depict this. I don't depict it as a pyramid. I normally have people draw a circle. Right. And then cut out a pie piece and then split the pie piece. And we talk about the realm of the known and the realm of the unknown. Uh, and so the, there's the known known. Right. That's the stuff, you know, you know, there's the known unknown. That's the stuff, you know, you don't know. Right. Collectively, that's the realm of the known. Right. In that little pie wedge, that's the only place that you can do anything. Right. If things lie outside of that, and you don't know they exist whether it's about you, skill, whatever, you can't do anything about it. So the majority of that circle um, is the realm of the unknown unknown. I don't know that I don't know it. I don't know that I suck at this thing or I don't know how badly I suck at it or I don't even know it exists in the world, whatever, right? So when we're trying to produce something that we've never done before or to the size or degree that we want, we have to accept in the beginning, we're going to suck a lot. Okay. We're going to suck so bad. We suck at sucking. Okay. Um, there's going to be so much that we don't even know that we don't know, or we don't know how badly we suck at something. Right. And we're not going to know that until we put things into action. And this is the level that stops most people. I, I truly believe, uh, I can't remember who, is it, oh, it's not Marconi, he was the, he was the radio guy. Um, Maslow? Maslow's maybe, maybe it was Maslow, right? Um, this hierarchy of, of competence. I believe that it's a, it's a triangle because of difficulty. And I also believe that those layers, that strata, right? is how many people end up getting tripped up at that level. And the next level up, less get tripped up by it, but it's still difficult, right? And then the higher you go, and there's there's a time factor as well, right? Um, because there's a lot of stuff that you have to become aware of. There's a lot of stuff that you have to, to learn, right? These are, what most people understand is that they think they could produce the goal that they've never produced before using the skill set that they currently have. And they can if it's a small thing, right? Probably. But if it's something significant and they want 
really big results, there's probably a shit ton of skills that they don't own. They don't have. Okay. So, um, I don't, do we have the ability to share a screen on here, James? Do you know? Maybe. I don't see anything at the moment. So anyway, what's that? Should be this like right below the main picture, right beside the camera button. Right beside. Aha! Look at that. So for those of you who are live, um, you'll be able to see this. For everybody else, you can just look up um, the uh, hierarchy of competency or competence. Right. Everybody else, I'll just share this little thing here, see where it pops up. Can you see my screen? James, can you see it? Okay, yes. cool. All right. So hierarchy of competence, right? So the first stage, right? That, that, I don't know, reddish, pink, orange, whatever you see on your screen, depending on resolution, right? The unconscious incompetence, right? At this level, we don't know. Well, we don't know. We don't know how bad we are at something, right? In the martial arts world of self-defense, we don't know how uncoordinated we are or how weak our muscles are or, or how inflexible we are until we're confronted with a skill or a technique or something like that that requires leg strength, joint flexibility, whatever, coordination, right? So at this stage, we have to accept that there's a whole bunch of stuff that we don't even know, that we don't know or we don't know how bad we are at it, okay? So one of my mentors likes to say that, you know, the, the goal of the process at each stage is to suck less. But you have to embrace the suck. You have to embrace the fact that um, – you don't, well, you don't have to do anything, but if you're going to be serious about this, then this is what trips everybody up, right? Because everybody expects that they can just produce results like pulling up at a drive through window, okay? So the first stage is unconscious incompetence. We just don't know how bad we are, okay? The next stage, if we continue working on the skill and we didn't quit, we didn't give up, is conscious incompetence, okay? Now I know that I don't know that thing that so we've moved into the realm of the known, right? And, but it's still, I know I don't know it. Okay. Or we know, okay, I know about it, but I know I suck. Okay, great. Right. So now I can start to do a gap analysis, right? I know what it's supposed to. So let's stay with martial arts or self-defense, right? I know what the technique is supposed to look like. I know mine doesn't look like that. But see, now we can we can do a gap analysis, right? I know what it's supposed to look like. I know what mine looks like. What am I missing? And that gap analysis could just be I ask a teacher, I ask a senior, or I reverse engineer it and try to figure it out, or whatever. I just accept the fact that there might still be, at conscious incompetence, right, there's still leftover of unconscious incompetence. It's There's still stuff going on. But at this stage, I know, I don't know. I know how bad I am or whatever. Okay, I know I need more practice. 
I know I need more effort. I know there's certain things knowledge-wise I don't know. I need more commitment and stick-to-itiveness. I need more discipline. I need whatever. Okay? And then that'll give way. The next stage is conscious competence, right? I know what it's supposed to look like, and I can make it look like that. Okay? I know that I'm I'm good. I can produce these results. But again, right, in any timeline, right, think about your martial arts stuff. How many skills have you learned? Right? Where are your skills on this chart? Okay? Where are your skills in these different levels? Okay? There's skills that you might think you have, but you don't know how bad you are. And you won't know it until you get around somebody who really knows. I have people in my long distance training program who have never sent me um, review videos. And as much as I would like to give the benefit of the doubt and go, you know what, they're just, you know, they're not worried about rank or whatever. In a lot of cases, and I, I don't know which ones, right? But in a lot of cases, um, they don't want to be checked. They want to believe that they know, but they don't want to present themselves in front of somebody who does know because then they might find out that they're not as good as they thought they were. But until you present yourself in front of somebody who really does know or you hang out in a group of people that are better than you, how do you know? Right? And so this is what causes the frustration. I want to believe that I know, and I'm going to keep swimming upstream, and I'm going to ignore that life is showing me that I don't know because of the results I produce. But, you know, there's always hope, right? I have faith. I have whatever, okay? Um but that's that's one of the reasons for having a mentor. It's one of the reasons for having um, a teacher and not somebody who's just teaching you moves. That's not the same. Right. It's not the same as having somebody who is like miles. Right. It, they're they're eons, light years, whatever ahead of you. OK. It. it just having somebody who's showing you stuff, quote unquote stuff. It's not the same. Okay. But anyway, right. First level, unconscious incompetence, right. I don't even know uh, how bad I am. I don't even know what I don't know. I don't even know how to even start looking at it, whatever. Okay. Conscious incompetence is at least now I know, I know what it's supposed to look like. I know that that thing exists. I just know I don't know anything about it or I know that I suck or I know that, you know, I suck in this way in these areas. Okay. And then conscious competence is, I know what it's supposed to look like. I know what it's supposed to sound like. Right. And I can do that. Right. I can produce those results. Okay. And then the top of the pyramid is unconscious competence. Okay. Unconscious competence is, you know, it so well that you don't even think about it anymore. For most people, if they've been driving for more than a decade, right, they are unconsciously competent 
when they're driving. They give it minimal thought at all. And sometimes we we, uh, often call this mastery or expertise, that if they start to think about how they do what they do, they trip themselves up. Okay. Um, An example is, let's see, when I do, well, when I do one of these, when I do a whiteboard Wednesday, when I speak uh, at a speaking engagement, right? Depending on the topic, I may write out key points that I want to focus on, okay, like I did with this one. In other contexts, I know the subject so well that I just get up, get on stage, get out in front of the class or whatever, and just start teaching because it's so much a part of who I am that I can't get it wrong. I don't even think about, I don't even think about what it is that, that I'm teaching. I think about what I want to teach and I think about who's in class and at what level do I need to present it so that I don't speak over their head or beneath them. But the skill, not an issue. Okay. And we all have things like this in our lives as well. Okay. We're all at, we're all at all of these levels, but it, with different skill sets. Okay. With different skill sets. Right. The problem would be if ego was pulling a megalomaniac kind of thing, right? And uh, as a matter of fact, I was just talking with somebody the other day um, about my, my wife works in the medical field. She's not a doctor. Well, she's a she has a doctorate, right, um, in uh, education and business administration. So our joke, because she works in a hospital, is that when she answers the phone, she says Dr. Miller, and then she would have to say, no, no, not that kind, right? So, um, but anyway, uh, she has worked with doctors, actual medical doctors, who have confused the fact that they have a bachelor's, master's, doctorate, or whatever in medicine that they're educated in that realm with being smarter than everybody else about everything else. Okay. Um, And we can often allow that to happen, right? We're really good and we really know this particular skill set or this particular kata or this particular, uh, you know, realm of the training or whatever, and then just assume that we've got everything else. But usually we know, right? Because when we start to bump into things that we don't know, we just steer away from those things. Well, that's not, that's not something that's important to me. Okay, fantastic. Hope you never need it. Okay? Because I operate from the opposite direction, right? I'd rather have skill sets and not ever need them than to need them and not have them in that moment. Okay? But most people only only need the skill sets because they're teaching or because they're earning their belt or whatever. Okay, uh, my perspective was always not dying at the hands of some crazed lunatic, right, or having my family die in front of me uh, for the same reason. Right? It's it's just it's not the same. Okay, and the way we focus on things makes all the difference. All right, let me get out of this. All right. Uh, let's see, before I go on to the last part, which is what can we do to get back on track and make sure that we're not, 
um, you know, screwing ourselves over with regards to the system, right? And just writing it off like that, you know, that, that Sanshin shit doesn't work. Okay? I've tried it. I know. Okay? Um, what the hell's my screen? There we are. Are we back on? We are. Look at that. Hey, um, any questions, any comments that have popped up along the way, James? Uh, the only thing I've seen is a good evening from Dave Fletch. Dave Fletch. All right. Good evening, Dave Fletch. That's it? No questions. No comments. I'm either that freaking good or I'm that freaking confusing or they're asleep. Did somebody just admit to being asleep? No. <laughs> If you're asleep, put your hands up. <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, let's see. Let me get to my second set of notes here. Oh, let's see. All right, so uh, when we're looking at the Sanmitsu, right, we've got these three areas, okay? So, but before before we look at things to do, and I'm, I'm just tossing out a couple of ideas because – in all honesty, you don't know, you don't need to know everything to do, right? On the mandala, there are all these interconnections and things like that. But in each of these realms, right, the, the ideals in the center, and then there are these four realms around it that are key critical pieces. But I absolutely believe that even if you don't have all of them, right? Like um, when I talk about Fudomyo, right? Um, this character that has the fangs and the flames and a sword in one hand and a rope in the other and, you know, whatever, right? Um, and I mentioned that there's 113 symbols on that statue or painting or whatever, right? Um, and they all are references to certain things, right? But rarely, if ever, do I go past, what, five or six of them, right? There's three primaries. And then there are these other ones, right? But they kind of like go out in, it's not that they don't reference certain things, but eventually it's like crossing over to every other image kind of thing, right? Um, there are certain things that are very, very, very important. Um, and then, so my point is, if you just know one, three, Whatever, and just because you don't need everything, and you can't do everything at one time. You just start with something. You're going to start producing better results because you're developing that particular skill set. Okay, like if we're talking about Fudomyo, got the sword in the right hand, right? We, well, we can learn about the flames, and we can learn about the rope, and whatever, right? But the sword is cutting for cutting through delusion, or not delusion, cutting through illusion, right? Smoke, shit, smoke screens and misinformation and shit like that, that the world is thrown at you. And when I say the world, I mean everybody and everything that has come from the outside in. I don't care how trusted they were, right? So this begins with questioning things. This begins with um, the sword represents intellect, right? Being smart enough to know better, critical thinking skills, those kind of things, right? Questioning things, challenging assumptions, right? I don't care that the rope or the lasso represents meditation and binding up my own inner demons and all that, right? I can get to that stuff, but I think it's highly, highly, highly beneficial 
to pick one thing and develop that and then start something else because you're not, you're not jumping around. Right. So, and you'll find that the fire, the commitment, the passion to make it happen will, that always gets stronger as you produce results. So, this is going to sound odd because I'm always the guy writing down the, the, the ginormous goals and whatnot, right? But I have things that are more workable as we go, right? Um, but lower your expectations. And I don't mean lower them like, you know, just kind of accept things the way they are. I mean, don't start off trying to produce the Taj Mahal. Start off trying to produce something smaller, and then you can try for something a little bit bigger and something bigger and some, because the cool thing is that success breeds more success and you validate your ability to do it along the way. Right. And there's less disappointment because you're not trying to spend all of your life, all of your time, effort and resources to create this fucking castle when, you know, you could build a model of a castle and feel that accomplishment and then maybe I'll build a shed or, you know, a, a play area for my for my grandson or whatever. That is a castle. Right. So now I got this thing in the backyard. OK, once that's done, whew, man, that was freaking hard work. Right. But how much did I learn about everything from measurements to support structure? Because I'm going to build this thing so he can climb in it, around it, over it, whatever. Right. Because um, if I wasn't going to do that. Shit, I just throw a couple of cardboard boxes out in the backyard and go, there you go, dude. Have at it. Okay. First rainstorm, he'll be crying, but, you know, that's another opportunity to teach another life lesson, right? Not everything, right, for a four-year-old. Yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, so, um, but here's the thing with that, with that hierarchy of competence. Things are always going to be harder at the beginning of the process. And they're going to get harder. They're going to get more difficult. Right? I know. Ego doesn't want to hear that. It'll get easier, dude. Yeah. After it gets harder. Because you're going to have to learn more stuff. You're going to have to develop those skills. You're going to have to spend more time practicing. You're going to have to uh, go through failures. Right? And you're going to have to figure out why it failed to get to how it works right so but here's what happens right there's all this hard work getting through that and identifying the unconscious uh competency the uh or was it unconscious incompetency that's it and then the conscious incompetency right and then as competency starts to happen and you know it, right, things actually speed up. Okay. And it's these little things, right? Um, I often describe this in martial arts training where in the beginning, um, if you ever had a, a technique or a skill that you're trying to get your head wrapped around and you just like, it's just not working, right? You keep stepping off in the wrong angle the wrong direction or whatever you think you're stepping the way your teacher did but you actually stepped backwards behind yourself and um and, and you can't even recognize it right you just know that you moved and you took up this shape 
but you had no idea that you stepped in a weird direction. All you know now is that you're just all tangled up and you can't get to the target you're supposed to hit next. Well, like I moved and I took up this position, why can't I reach the target? Must be something he did wrong. You didn't even know that you stepped in the wrong direction. Okay. But um, so in the beginning for a student, like every lesson is freaking ginormous. It's every lesson is an epiphany, right? But as you progress, here, here's something that makes people drop out of martial arts. As you progress, you've seen stuff over and over and over again. And that conscious competency, right? You know what it's supposed to look like and you can do that. But we end up confusing that with mastery because we're now competent with the things we want to be competent at, but we still have to think about it. And, but what's happening along the line is that there's, because we know so much, the little nuances of the things that we're screwing up or that we could be better at are really tiny. And each thing, like in the beginning, a technique is a technique, and people can't get their head off the technique, right? I show them a variation. They think I just showed them a completely separate technique. James, you know what I'm talking about, right? We show a variation, and they're like, well, which one do I do? Well, it's not about which one. It's they're, they're just there's a little spinoff here, right? It's not that they're basically the same thing, but this target happened to be in place at this point, and, and the other one it wasn't, so you hit this other thing. Or whatever. But to them, they're seeing two completely different uh, techniques. So every lesson is about the thing they're working on. But for upper level black belts, you learn one little principle. You learn one little tactical shift or positioning or one little thing. And you recognize that, holy shit, that will make like 60% of my techniques better instantly. Because it's a timing thing, it's an angling thing, it's an essential nature thing, whatever. It's not about the technique. It's about this one little thing that will not only make that technique better, but how many other techniques better. Right? So, uh, and that's what, that's what causes things to speed up. But if people don't understand the process, right, here's one of those uh, unconscious incompetencies, if people don't understand, right, they don't know that they're incompetent when it comes to understanding the learning process and how that works. They get addicted to big lessons. And when they run out of big lessons, they don't know that they're supposed to switch perspective and start looking for little things. Big lessons seem big, but they're very static. Those little lessons seem insignificant, and they're almost invisible, but they have huge dynamic impacts on results, right? And if we can make that shift, then, like, we start improving by leaps and bounds because we don't have to fix every technique. 
we learn this little timing thing. And that changes and, and elevates how many techniques that can use that little nuance. We change an angling thing in this little technique, and now I understand it. How many techniques will that instantly improve? Right? The more this stuff that I learned and understood and understood how to tailor it to the audience. I started with little kids, teens, and adults. And then people asked me to present at a nursing conference or, at, you know, whatever, self-defense-wise, right? And I get feedback, I get questions and feedback and whatnot, or I do my research, what kind of problems are they dealing with, whatever, right? What's their environment like? How's an ER nurse's life and environment different from a bedside nurse, right? It's different, right? How's that different from a, um, uh, a, uh, like an ICU nurses, cause still bedside, but the layout is hugely different, right? And how is that different from one of these little, um, convenient care clinics or whatever, right? How, how are those things different, right? And then, you know, I get asked to, to speak at a, um, uh, a chapter for, um, well, let's see. Let's pull one out of out of the air here. ASIS, um, ASIS, which is a uh, American Society of Industrial or American. It's a security uh, industrial security specialist association, right? That's not the exact order, but um, so here I am being brought in as a self defense workplace violence security person. And now I have to talk to security people who already understand security on a corporate level at a, right? So the skill set is, right? Investigating up front. What would you like me to speak on? What do you think you guys, you know, they're missing and where do you think most value would come from? And then being able to tailor that presentation so that these guys aren't bored to death or thinking that I'm speaking below them or I'm talking to them like they're newbies. Right. And not using Japanese terminology and saying everything that I would say in a class for uh, martial artists who are looking at home security or being more secure at work or whatever, um, but not using the same words. Right. Using different analogies, using different stories. Whatever. That's a skill set. Right. One, by the way, that I never thought I was going to need. Or have to develop. And here I am. Right. So. um Again, the more you work the process, the more skills you become competent in, right? That's that's cool, okay? But that's also part of the frustration that makes people quit because often you can feel like, oh, God, there's always something. Yeah. Yes, okay? And if you don't want it to be that way, do what everybody else does. Quit. Okay? Or just hang out where you are and feel good about that and then leave the rest of it alone. Okay? So, um, but again, the better results you start producing, right? Um, or the better you get at, and the, the better you get at the more skills you own, the more and better results you start producing 
to an easier degree, right? The idea is to get to a point where you don't have to think about it, okay? It's kind of like driving. It's kind of like eating. It's kind of like tying your shoes, dressing yourself, showering. You, hopefully, you don't have to think about those things anymore, right? What the hell? I mean, you give it minimal thought if something changed. But I don't know about you, but when I shower in the morning, I'm planning out my day in my head, right? Or I'm prepping for a meeting or whatever because I've how many times have I cleaned my body? Now, every once in a while, I'll do it as a mindfulness exercise. But when I do that, then I uh, wash myself out of order because it forces my brain to wake up because then I'm, I have to make sure that I've covered everything, right? But one of the benefits of having a routine is you can multitask. Right. Anyway, so uh, let's let's do this right very, very quickly here. Um, wrap things up. OK, so here's some suggestions for making the sun sheen work. Right. Again, I just spent all this time talking about what makes it not work. Okay, And hopefully, um, you know, you guys can type in the comments or whatever, um, whether or not that getting that little piece about the hierarchy of competency was helpful at all, right? Because if you know ahead of time that things are just naturally supposed to suck and here's why, right? Then maybe we'll drop uh, ignorant expectations. And what I mean by ignorant is we don't know any better, right? Um, that things are just going to be easy just because I'm a smart guy. Right? Well, if I'm a smart guy, then I should know that if I'm entering a realm or trying to learn a skill, that I don't know or didn't know I didn't know or didn't know how badly I suck, right, that there's going to be a learning curve, okay, and it's going to be significant. And the more it was in the unconscious incompetency in the realm that I didn't even know it existed, right, the more work it's going to take. The closer it is to something that I can already do or get my head wrapped around, right, the more of a head start I have, Okay. So anyway, all right, so let's run through the Sanyu 2 one more time very, very quickly, okay? And here are some things that we can do to fix things at each level, right, to, to, be, um, to be able to produce better results with each of the pieces of the Sanmitsu, okay? So, again, mind, thought, intention, that kind of thing, right, okay? Um, we can start by holding our vision. You can hold your vision in your mind. Until one, you can see it with such, with so much detail that it feels or you interact with those thoughts or that image as though it's already happened. It goes from being a future tense thought projection, vision, whatever, to feeling like it was a memory. Okay, and here's the difference, right? In your head, memories are foregone conclusions because you know that already happened. So if it already happened, then I already know how to do it. But if it's a future tense kind of thing, there's always this knowing thing that I haven't produced it yet. One produces anxiety. The other one produces kind of a relaxed mind. It's just a memory. And if it produces anxiety, that's something that, you want to go back and relive because you don't believe that you can 
repeat it. Okay. And the second one is, um, you, again, you hold your vision in your mind until it becomes a reality. Okay. But ultimately, right. The first thing I, the, the, the number one is practicing to see your end result with as much clarity as you can, right? With as much detail and to spend time. I don't care. I don't care what you call it. I don't care if you call it visualization. I don't care if you call it daydreaming. I don't give a shit. Okay. Things that we want, right? If if you wanted that really cool car, you wanted that, that girl or guy, or you want whatever, right? You want that black belt or whatever, right? Sorry. Right. You dreamed about it. Couldn't get it out of your head. Okay. You dreamed about, you know, you being married and having that house with 2.2 kids. And I don't know how you have 0.2 of a kid, but anyway, right. And the white picket fence and whatever, or that car and, you know, driving by and impressing people or, you know, whatever, right. It's a natural part of the process. So instead of trying to come up with something that's fake or contrived, use your brain the way it's, built right um speech so we have thought word deed right so in the word thing right say it one to yourself regularly okay and i don't care if you write it out as affirmations or you just say i am going to be but try not to say i am going to be i mean if if that's where you're going to go with it that's fine but try to do things in present tense okay so i am a black belt. I am a knowledgeable whatever. I am a uh I am an in-demand uh highly paid corporate consultant. That is a trusted advisor to uh CEOs and senior uh C-suite executives. Right? Um so say it to yourself regularly and try to say it in present tense, okay? If you're going to do it future, that's fine, but just remember that as long as your mind sees something in the future, Generally speaking, it will stay in the future. Okay. Um, two, say it to everyone you meet. Okay. And three, say it to the universe. If there's nobody else around, okay, just say it out loud. Okay. If quantum physicists are right and we are quantum fields inside of a larger quantum field, then your vibratory rate is affecting everything else around you and is conditioning the universal quantum field. I don't know if it's true, but my staff, including James, we talk about this on a regular basis, right? I turn on ads for the dojo or I start putting out more articles or whatever, and the phone starts ringing. But see, a part of our information data collecting when somebody calls the school for information one of the questions is how'd you hear about us because i'd like to know i mean if something is working well shit i'm going to double down on it triple down quadruple down or whatever because that it's working right but whenever we put things into motion it usually takes some time for that thing whether it was an ad or whatever to start doing or producing results in and of itself and but James, am I incorrect that usually the phone starts ringing as soon as like 
the day of or the next day after we start putting something in motion. And, but it never, the, the people never say that it came from that thing. It is the damnedest thing. And I don't know if I'm imagining it. I don't know if it's actually true and the universe is taken care of. I don't see, I don't hold a belief one way or the other about it. What I know is that when I do these things, things feedback. So I'm going to do that. And for those of you who have done Mikio things or come in for um, some of our seminars, especially our New Year's uh, Daikomio side, we do a Goma uh, fire active meditation kind of thing. It's a goal setting thing, right? And a big part of that is you're turning this Gomaki, this Goma stick that has your goal written on it. It gets consumed by the fire, but it's not really consumed. It's transformed, right? It's particles, particulate that we call smoke, right, wafting out into the world. And one of the things I tell people is, look, you held your goal in the palm of your hand. It was just in a form that was different from what you want it to be. Now you put it into the into the fire. The smoke carries it off. Now your job is to work the plan to get all that to recollect back in the form that you wanted the goal to be, right? I don't care if that's scientifically accurate or not, right? But it's a way to look at the process that, and in present tense, I have already held my my goal in the palm of my hand. Hard. I could feel this, okay? Yeah, well, that's not a car, dude. No, not exactly. But in my head it is. And I ran through a symbolic process of doing the things that need to be done, right? Doing the steps needed to produce it, right? Um, go walking through the steps of making sure that obstacles the world could throw at me, I'm going to handle. Walking through the process of obstacles I could throw at me, I'm going to handle and not letting it get in the way, right? So during this active meditation, I have symbolically covered all the bases of producing this goal, and I was doing it in real time. So now I just need to carry the habit pattern so that every day I do those things in real time. Okay? So I say it to myself regularly and in present tense. I say it to everyone I meet. Who doesn't meet you and go, oh, so what do you do? Oh, what are you working on? What's new these days? Okay? What do you say? Oh, you know, same thing. Well, how the hell do you get different if you're going to say, well, you know, same shit, different day? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Be careful the words you speak. They have power. Okay. They convince other people that you're going nowhere. They convince the universe you don't want to go anywhere. And they convince you. Okay. And the third one for deed is do what you need to do to, one, accomplish each piece of the plan in order. That means get knowledge you need to have, work the pieces and and put things in place, learn skills that are necessary to accomplish that piece if if that's necessary, right? Um, Do what you need to do to 
learn and uncover more about what you didn't know you needed or you didn't need to, uh, didn't know you needed to take care of uh, when you started, right? Just assume that there's a bunch of holes in the plan, okay? And do what you need to do to create the experiences you need to have along the way. And you can start that using, because these things double, they, they loop back on themselves, okay? You can use right thought for this or the, the, the thought part of it, okay? And during your visualization of seeing yourself as that person or whatever, a question to ask is, what kind of stuff does that guy know or that girl know? What kind of skills do they have? What are they able to do easily? You write that shit down because that's your plan of action. Okay? If they have certain skills and you don't currently have those skills, are they just going to magically fucking appear out of the ethos? Right? You just How'd you get that skill? <laughs> Came to me in a dream. Really? Okay? So... And, and please, before you, because I, I, I chastised a student one time in class, and I, I haven't seen them consistently since. And I know life gets in the way. Um, but um, I don't want to hear cliches, and you shouldn't be re- reciting cliches. Well, you keep saying this is hard, Sensei, and I get it, right? Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. Stop saying that. Stop saying if it were easy, everybody would do it. How about trying, it's not easy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in spite of it being difficult. I'm going to be, I'm going to do it in spite of what I don't know. I'm going to do it in spite of my uh, shortcomings or my uncoordinated or, you know, lack of coordination or my, right, my negative self-talk, my whatever. Okay. I'm going to do it in spite of myself. I'm going to do it in spite of my naysayers. Cause you know, there is nothing better than, there's no better revenge than producing the results that everybody said you couldn't produce. I don't believe in revenge. Right. And I've never, my guys know this, right? If, if I give you suggestions or whatever, or I tell you to, be mindful of a certain area because if you don't, you're going to, you know, hurt yourself or you're going to trip over something or whatever. Right. And it actually happens to you. Right. I know that most people are waiting for me to, or they're, they're thinking that I'm thinking, see, I told you so never comes into my mind. One, it's a waste of my mental energy. And two, you already know it. Right. It's, it's redundancy for me to repeat something or say it out loud. And for, and besides, if for me to say, see, I told you so, that's my ego, not, not what you need. Right. That's just, that's somebody gloating over somebody else's uh, misfortune. Hey James, the king of the yogi should know that. Anyway, right? I know nobody likes to be left out of an inside joke, but um, this king of the yogi guy, um, uh, in the same email messages, 
told me how much I was messing with his mental uh, mental health, didn't care about my students, only cared about myself, but he knew everything and could kick my ass and didn't need what I had to teach anyway. So um, how do you respond to that? I don't. Okay. But don't think that I won't use it as a lesson to help convey things to other people. But please notice that I didn't name names other than King of the Yogi, right? So they'll see it, be pissed off at me like they are already anyway, but I didn't name their names. So I don't know why they would be bothered unless they've got business cards with King of the Yogi um, written on it. And that's what they're passing out in the world, which would be pretty fucking funny since Yogi are not concerned about egocentric kind of things. They're not concerned about impressing. Um, they wouldn't have mental health issues um, and they'd be highly disciplined and connected and all those kind of things. But anyway, all right. So that's what I have for this one. Let's, let's uh, take last minute questions, um, comments about this or anything at the moment, but let's start with things about this first. Uh, <clears throat> Glenn Baker said, I love the analogy of goal is to suck less. Yeah. And uh, earlier. You're going to have to suck more to suck less. Okay. And a lot, in, in all honesty, there's a lot of folks that their, their sense of self, their sense of, or their ability to weather challenges and in all honesty you never know just how far and how much you can take until you're forced to right um but um some people are not cut out for this right and you know who they are right they're not cut out for any kind of work Okay. So, you know, if and this isn't stuff that you can do for somebody. I mean, you know, if they won the lottery, right? Most people that win the lottery are broken a year. Two on the outside. And I mean like the big numbers. First thing they go do is buy big fucking houses and big cars and whatever, right? They had lousy financial habits before they got the extra money. And somehow they think that if they win the lottery, all their financial troubles are going to go away. Their financial troubles are they're financially illiterate. They don't know how to make money, make more money. Right? All they're going to do is trade up on the, the size of the toys that they've been buying. Right? So, anyway. All right, what else we got? <clears throat> uh, from earlier, Victor said you're just that damn good. <laughs> you know, sucking up is not. Anyway, thanks, Victor. I appreciate it. <laughs> wow, some people's kids. <laughs> what else? That's all I see. That's all I see. All right, and your eyes are working. Glasses are tuned in. Yep. 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 <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, I will talk to everybody again next time on Kuden.
Get more of Kudan Radio, subscribe through your favorite podcasting site, or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.